Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Well, it's an honor to be with you guys. Um, I, I apologize, my wife is not here. Um, we have been away for 20 days. We left uh, in December. Uh, we were in China for 10 days or 12 days, something like that, 12 or 14. Uh, and then we uh, were in San Diego for a week, which is like, that was a promise from God right there. <laughs> Get out of this cold, right? Um, and so we have not seen our grandson for a while. We just have a, a brand new grandson. He's about six and a half months old. And so um, we leave on Monday. We travel full time, so we're always going. So she wanted to take the weekend off. I said, okay. And so I brought a great friend of mine, Jake. Jake, why don't you stand? Uh, Jake's a great young man in our church, and he's one of our leaders in our church uh, back home. And uh, I felt like a small man between your pastor and Jake. These guys are just buffing out like two trees and a willow in between. I'm, I'm, I'm whittling away to nothing. Well, uh, that's the plan, actually. Um, uh, it's it's great, really great to be with you. I want, I want to um, just... I, I so appreciated the songs tonight because they're really right in line with where I want to go this weekend. Um, I want to just, uh, if I had a title for my message, it, was cro- it would be called Crossing the Line all weekend. I just want to stir you to cross the line. You know, there are lines of faith that every one of us needs to cross, amen? And so I want to stir your faith this weekend. I'm going to tell you lots of stories. Um, how many like stories? Okay, I'm not Mr. Rogers, and I'm not going to tell those kind of stories, but uh, I'm going to tell you faith stories, you know, how God is moving. You know, God is moving in the earth. Um, my wife and I, right now, we spend literally about eight months of our life in Asia. And uh, this year, I'm going 10 times every month, I'm going to Asia. And uh, I love Asia. Um, I'm getting used to the food. Uh, but I love uh, what God's doing in Asia. I go to some churches that are uh, 10, 15, 20,000. Uh, this year, I'm going to a church that's 50,000 people. And uh, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm, my goal, my plan is to go to Korea and go to Yonggi Cho's church. That's 800,000 people. Um, like, there's some massive churches in Asia. And actually, all over the world, God's doing great things. Uh, in China, um, God is doing amazing things, even though they're in the midst of some really tough times. Uh, God is moving. People are getting saved. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles or your phones, I'd love for you to take out your Bibles. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. And all weekend, I'm going to just stay in this chapter. We're going to just talk about some things and um, just share some thoughts. I I really want to emphasize this. As a people, as a people of God, we need to be willing to embrace the Spirit of God. Come on. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Uh, The Spirit of God wants to work deeper in our lives and in our churches. Amen? Amen. Listen, this is an interactive message. You can say amen or ouch, no problem. 
But come on, I just want you to be with me, okay? If you say amen, that's, we're in agreement, amen? That's what amen means. So uh, I, I believe we need the spirit of faith in our hearts. You know, you're either doing one of three things when it comes to faith. You're activating faith. Come on, say activating. In other words, we've all been given a measure of faith. Everybody in this room, if you're a believer, you have a measure of faith. So you're either activating faith, you know, stirring your faith up, or you're living in faith. In other words, you're, you're fighting the good faith, fight of faith. Come on, how many are living in faith right now? You're fighting, you're in a battle maybe, but you're fighting faith. You're believing God for promises. You're living out. You're not just a believer, you're actually an active believer living in faith. Amen? Or third, you're resting in faith. And that's a place where assurance, you've got this place of assurance that it's going to happen. Amen? You believe in God. You're already living in it. You're resting in it. It's going to happen. I mean, literally, you're actually seeing something that isn't manifested yet, but in your faith spirit, you're seeing something already manifest. That's what faith is. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 14 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I speak. We also believe and therefore we speak. Our belief creates our conversation. If we believe that God's a God of promise, then we're going to speak God as a God of promise. Amen? So Hebrews chapter 11, are you there? Now faith. Would you say now faith? Come on, not yesterday's faith. Not tomorrow's faith. Now faith, present faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abraham or Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being still dead being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, come on, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. You know, the spirit of faith gives you the capacity to receive what God has said about you. It gives you the capacity. The spirit of faith is an assurance of guarantee. In other words, this afternoon, uh, Pastor Chad had, um, had uh, booked a hotel for me. He, he told me, I booked a hotel. Now, I didn't go with a certain sense of skepticism that I might have had a room or not had a room. I had a guarantee. He already, he'd already booked it. It was guaranteed. So I walked up there and said, hi, my name's Gary. You have a room for me. Now, if she'd have said, well, no, we don't have a room, I'd have said, well, I got a guarantee, so you're going to have to build me one. Because <laughs> I have a guarantee, right? It's already booked. It's in, it's in my name. Well, no, it was actually in his name, but she knew my name. And she said, no problem. We got your room, and they gave me a key and gave me access. So... It's an assurance of guaranteed. It's a title deed uh, to your blessing. Listen, can you believe something is coming your way? 
Come on, church, something is coming your way. Like we're only 16 days into 2020, and I'm here to tell you something's coming your way. And let's believe that it's a good thing that's coming your way, that good things are in God's plan. Amen? Listen, you believe God will do what He says He will do. Come on, do you believe that? And so we've got to begin to elevate our conversation, elevate our speech to declare what can be, what God will speak and what God will do in our lives. You see, the spirit of faith doesn't come through prayer, but by hearing the word of God. Come on, by hearing the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to quicken it into your heart and take root. Now, prayer is going to drive it into your spirit, but faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Come on, how many hearers do we have here? Come on, are you hearing God's Word? You know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read the whole Bible in 30 days. It's a task. And so uh, I've got to listening to the Bible uh, every day. And so I have like 50 chapters to listen to. And so I'm reading it, listening to it, and I'm just letting it go in. I'm not trying to get the big concepts. I'm not trying to figure out what that little verse means. I'm just trying to soak myself in the Word of God. Soak it, soak it. Lord, just soak it. And every time I'm, I'm listening, a thought will come, a thought will come, and, and it's building faith into my heart. Sometimes it's, it's adding questions, but other times it's building faith in my heart. Come on. Faith comes by hearing, amen? Faith is a manifestation of the nature and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Come on, does the Holy Spirit live in your life? Come on, that's what faith is. Faith is a manifestation of that. Listen to the scripture, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. See, the spirit of faith is an expectation and an anticipation. Come on, it's a spirit of expectation. Are you, are you expecting something or just coming to church? Come on, did you come expecting God? Did you come expecting God? God, you're going to meet me here. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to meet me here. I'm believing you're going to do something in my family. I'm believing you're going to do something in my life. I believe you're going to do something in my health. I believe you're going to do something in my finances. I'm going to need more finances. Come on, believe God that God can do something. Come with an expectation. You believe and know something significant is going to take place. That's the spirit of faith. Like, you don't see it right now, but you're believing that something's going to take place. Now, I travel all over the world, and you know what I found? There's a lot of disappointed Christians. Because they sing the promises of God. They sing that they believe in it, but sometimes their life hasn't yet manifested. When I was 22, I was telling the staff this morning, when I was 22, like, I'd just gotten saved. I was, you know, I got saved around 18, and, and I got called to Bible college. I, like, I'd done so many drugs. Like, I, I remember one night, I was just trying to pray, figuring out how to pray. I said, God, are you there? And, and what do you want to do with my life? And I was trying to figure out how to pray, and, and I heard the Lord say, I heard this thought, go into the ministry. So I'd done a lot of drugs. I ran upstairs and told my mom, I'm going to work for the government. Now, I knew it was not going to be the Ministry of Education, but maybe parks, recreation, you know. I thought I was going to work for the government. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I heard God say go into the ministry. She goes, Gary, like, come on. You're, you're, you're going to go to Bible college. And I was like, Mom, I can't even get out of high school. Why would I want to go to Bible college? 
But I did. I decided to do that, and, and God was faithful. He got me through Bible college and got through high school, graduated high school, and then Bible college. And, and uh, I remember I was 22, just about to get married. My wife was sitting in the front, a second row, and we were engaged. And my pastor at the time, he said, Gary, we're going we're gonna to prophesy over you. I said, you're going to what? He said, we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to prophesy you. I said, hang on a minute. Is this guy going to tell me all my sins? Like, what's going to happen? And he goes, just chill, relax. It's okay. And so this guy, I sat in a chair, and his name was Barry White, not the singer. <laughs> this guy was from Ireland, right? And so he just put his hands on me, and he started speaking Irish. I mean, he's like, hey, the Lord, what's I on? And, uh, and I, 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 he said, he talked about my past, my present, and my future. And in my future, he said, he said, I'd do a whole bunch of stuff, which I've done. But there was this one component. He said, you're going to travel the world. You're going to speak in conferences. You're going to be a spokesman for God. You're going to prophesy. You're going to ride on the high places of the earth. And I was like, awesome. And then for the next 28 years, the only traveling I was doing was to the grocery store for my wife. And I wondered sometime, God, are, are, are you true to your word? Like, are you really true to your word? Like, I believe you, and I believe your word, and, and there's, a, there's a spirit in me that believes that, and so I kept, I, kept, I kept pushing the spirit of faith in my life. I kept pushing the expectation in my life, and so even when it wasn't happening, I could see myself traveling the world. And then in 2014, I w the only traveling I did was 20 minutes from my house to a friend's church. And so I'm preaching in that church, and at the end of the service, this lady, I don't know who she is, she just comes up and she goes, here, I just got a note for you. And I, I, it wasn't money, so I put it in my pocket, you know. I said, like, okay, thank you, very Jesus, hallelujah. A note, it's probably a love note, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> next time I remember wearing the jeans, I pull out the note, and it's a prophecy. And in the prophecy, it said, travel, 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 dust off your suitcase, you're about to travel, dignitaries are waiting for you. Now, I didn't have a suitcase, so I, the spirit of faith came in me, and I went out, and I bought a suitcase, a travel suitcase. I still have that suitcase. It's a little banged up, but it's come with me. And I, I, so I bought the suitcase. I told my wife, I said, get ready. We're traveling. She goes, go to the grocery store. I said, no, 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 not this time. <laughs> the next week, I got a phone call. A businessman called me and said, hey, uh, can you and your wife go to Trinidad and Tobago? There's a church there that needs help. If you'll go, we'll, put, we'll pay everything. We'll take you, give you a few days vacation in Tobago, and, uh, and then, you know, you can minister at this church. I said, sure. And from that moment, I have traveled the world. I've gone all over the world. I've gone to 25 nations. I've got a few more this year that I'm adding. I've gone to many of those nations multiple times. Singapore, 20 times. Listen, God's a God of promise. But you've got to have a spirit of faith. You've got to have a spirit of expectation. What do you believe in God for, church? Like, really, what do you believe in God? Listen, some, some of us, we've got promises. We just need to dust them off a little bit and say, okay, that promise. Yes, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe my, my child is going to come home. I'm going to believe that the prodigals are coming home. I'm, I'm going to believe that God spoke that and he put it into my heart. Listen, God can do it. Amen? Yeah. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Look what it is. Faith is. It says, faith is the substance of things forth. In other words, listen, faith is an established 
conviction concerning things unseen. It is a settled expectation of future reward. It's a settled conviction. Listen, faith allows you to view life from God's perspective, not your natural perspective. Faith allows you to... um, uh, Now faith changes your view of life. Faith is in the present tense. It's, It's new faith. It's faith for the day. Do you have faith for today? Like, I'm not just saying so you can get by... I'm saying God wants to put now faith in you to believe God for something supernatural. Come on, to believe him for something supernatural. Amen? The Amplified Version says it this way in, in Hebrews 11. It says, um, it talks about having a title deed uh, that you, you have gla- gra- glimpsed, but you haven't fully engaged. You see, faith allows me to go after the inheritance that God has stored up for me. You know that God stored an inheritance up for you, church? There's promises that he's, he's put into you. The word substance there, it means this. It's a Greek word, and it means to stand under. It's that which stands or is set under a foundation or beginning. It's the quality of confidence which leads one to stand under and endure until the promise comes to pass. It's not just kind of this faith pie in the sky. It's actually a substance that allows you to carry the promise even when you don't see it. It's not manifested yet. Look at verse 2. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, the spirit of faith will give you a testimony when you need it. You'll be commended for it. I came across this definition the other day, and I want to read it to you. It's called, it's, it's about faith, and it says this. Faith is divinely implanted confidence, assurance, trust, and reliance upon God. Come on, God wants us to rely upon Him. See, the spirit of faith is a recognition that God is in control of our lives and our circumstances. You You might feel right now that maybe there's some things out of control, but I'm here to tell you God's in control. Amen? God's in control. Look at verse 3. Just quickly, I want you to read it with me. Would you, would you, we're going to read from the New King James, but listen, it says, by faith. Would you say, by faith? faith. We understand. understand. Listen, by faith we understand. You know, sometimes you don't understand through your own natural reasoning. You have to understand by faith. There's a faith that comes naturally through reason. There's an understanding that comes naturally through reasoning, but there's an understanding that lives from faith. And you've got to, by faith, we understand. The word understand there means to perceive with the mind by experience or observation. It's not a natural reason, but a spiritual perception. You're actually sensing something beyond the natural. By faith, we understand that the world, say worlds, were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. I don't have time to do this. I do this whole message on what frames your world. What, what frames your world? What, what's, the, what's the voice that's framing your world? Is the, is the voice the voice of the past? See, I was a messed up kid, and I'd gotten abused as a young man. And, and uh, I remember a teacher stood me up in front of the class. It was one of those kumbaya moments. And I was not a good student, by the way, but uh, he stood me up as grade seven, 
I remember his name. I remember the clothes he was wearing. Uh, I don't remember his aftershave, but I remember everything about him. He stood me up in front of the class, and he said, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb, and you're never going to amount to anything. I was like, oh, please, keep going. That's just filling my love cup up. And so basically for the rest of my time, from, from grade, ten, grade 7, whatever that is, maybe, how old is that, 10, 12, maybe 12? So from 12 till about 18, I became dumb, stupid, and never amounted to anything. And then I got saved. Come on, I got saved. And I started reading this book. And I read this book called... What you say is what you get. And in the book was a, a list called my never again list. Now, I was a messed up kid. I was insecure. I was fearful. Um, I, I was, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't like to speak in front of people. I stuttered. And uh, I always had my head down. And, and uh, like, really, I mean, I was a messed up kid. But I read this, I had this my never again list. I have it in my iPad and I have it in my phone. And, and it was things like this. Never again will I confess lack for my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Never again will I confess fear for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Never again will I confess de uh, defeat for I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Never again will I confess the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I began to meditate, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God began to frame my world differently than what that voice of the past had framed it. And all of a sudden, what God was saying about me began to take root in my life, put faith in my spirit, and all of a sudden, I began to manifest what was being framed in my life. Come on. By faith... We understand that the worlds were framed. Now, that word world, actually, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean the world. It can mean ages past. It can mean universe. Or it can mean period of time. In other words, there's a period of time. I'm going to come over to this group because they're smiling at me. Uh, listen. No, that's not true. Listen. There is a period of time where God wants to come and he wants to frame your world. He wants to speak over you a word that would capture your heart, that would put faith in your spirit, and you begin to live in that, even though it's not yet manifested, but it's, you're living in it, and you're believing it, and you're believing the promises of God, and you're declaring those promises of God over your life, and then all of a sudden, there's a moment when it manifests itself, and you realize, I was there all the time, now it's here, because I'm in it. Come on, faith is the manifestation of praying and believing God for something. Can I hear an amen? amen. See, listen, for all the promises, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God. See, each promise from God reveals His heart, His desire, and His intentions for our lives. For a promise to be activated and fulfilled, we've got to believe it. We've got to declare it. We've got to act upon it for their reality to take place in our life. I love what Bill Johnson says about a promise. He says, a promise of God is when God goes into your future and brings back a word necessary to get you to your future. Come on, there's a word for you. Come on, God wants to speak something into your heart. And he wants to put faith in your heart to believe that God can do miracles. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
You see, significant change always starts in your spirit before it ever happens in your life. It always starts in your spirit. You've got to get something activated in your spirit. Faith comes into your heart by the word of God. And so it starts with a word in your ear, a a resonating in your spirit. It happens within you before it ever comes out of you. You see, uh, someone says to me, you know, just recently I had this, uh, uh, someone said, could you ever see yourself doing what you're doing? And I was like, well, not to the scale I'm doing it, but I, I always had a belief that I would travel the world. Like, I didn't know how it was going to do, but I had a belief that I would always travel the world. Now, you know, my idea was Fiji, Australia, you know, Bora Bora, you know, vacation. Uh, Then I thought, okay, i got to add some other nations in to make it legit like I'm actually doing some missionary work, so we'll go to Cambodia, you know. But listen, God wants to do something. Amen? Amen. Listen, before you do it, before you step into it, before you see it happen, it's got to happen in your spirit. That's where faith comes in. A shift can happen even before an outward manifestation takes place. You see, in other words, I'm walking for and believing for things that actually haven't happened in the natural, but I've apprehended them in the spirit by faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen what he says in, in Hebrews eleven three. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. They're made by the invisible. This has got to happen in your heart. It's got to happen somewhere in your spirit. See, I'd rather live there than live in reason, anxiety, and unbelief. Faith is what is needed to bring the promises into reality. It's, it's hoping in your, it's, it's hoping even when your circumstance you get, give you no reason to hope. That's what Abraham did, right? The Bible says he was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised. Even when outwardly, this guy was old. And honestly, his wife was old too. But God said, you're going to have a baby, right? And now Abraham kind of tried to do some things out of that order, but eventually God fulfilled his promise. Amen? You see, faith moves past your logical thinking process and causes you to be bold in the moment. It causes you to step in. Faith hears things, it sees things, and it declares things before there's any physical evidence. Paul says it this way. He says, faith makes a sound. He said, I've heard of your faith. So actually, your faith actually is resonating a sound. What's your faith resonating? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Or is your faith saying, God is able? God is victorious? God is triumphant? Come on. What's God saying? Listen to this scripture. Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke... And it came to be, he commanded, and it stood firm. See, God wants to put something in your spirit. God wants to put faith in your heart. You know, the Bible says that faith is a gift measured to everyone. 
So if I had, you know, a, a, you know, a pail and I was, had some sand in it, I could measure out some, put it in your hands, and some would be, maybe get a little bit more sand than others. But the fact of the matter is everybody in this room would have a certain measure of it. And then what you do with that, if you allow God to increase it, then you'll have more sand to play in your sandbox. Right? Or maybe you only have a little bit of, uh, uh, of faith, and that's okay, and, and, and that faith will get you where you need to go in heaven. And, but listen, God wants to increase your faith. Come on, can I hear an amen? Listen to what he says. Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more than highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Would you say I have a measure of faith? Turn to the person and said, you have a measure of faith. Come on. Come on, speak that into them. The Bible says that faith is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in your life, Galatians 5 says that the fruit of that is faith. Come on, look at each other and say, you got faith. Whether you like it or not, you got faith. Come on, husband, turn to your wife. Wife, turn to your husband and say, you got faith. Come on, you got faith. The Bible says, listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to rem- bring, your, bring to your remembrance scriptures. Listen, Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our Come on, Jesus is the author of faith, amen? Now listen, I just have this conviction that when we get saved, right, Jesus authors faith. How many would agree with that? Amen? Theologically, we'd all agree with that, right? And one day, when we stand before Jesus, he finishes our faith. Amen? Isn't that true? But listen, I, I, I just believe that, I believe this. We are not this ongoing project with God that never completes something. He authors something, but he's never completing it until one day you, you know, kick the bucket. I actually believe that God authors a step of faith into my heart, and then what I do with that, all of a sudden, as I, I, I believe and I receive it and I embrace it, all of a sudden, it begins to manifest in my life. I start walking in that step of faith, and God says, hey, you completed that. Now let's author something new. Like, that's the adventure of faith, isn't it? That actually God wants to author new things in your life. That he just doesn't want you to be the same. He actually wants to author some new steps in your life. Say this with me. God wants to author new steps in my life. Come on. He's the pioneer. He's the forerunner. Come on. He's the one that goes before us. He's the one that wants to, uh, you to believe that there are better days for you. There are greater adventures for your life. 1985. My wife and I got married. It was a wonderful warm day, August 10th. And uh, a couple years later, my wife and I, we decided, hey, let's have family. Let's have a family. And so we started the process, you know, to try to have kids. And eight months was, uh, w- went by, and, well, a lot was happening, but we weren't getting the results. And uh, we were kind of nervous, you know. We were kind of getting a little fed up by that. And um, so we were concerned. My mom actually worked for a doctor, and so he said, Gary, come on in. We'll do some tests. So that was a Friday afternoon. On the Sunday, we went to church, and we just didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody that we were trying to have kids, and we came up to the front for prayer, because that's what you do when you're having troubles, right? 
you come for prayer. And so we came for prayer, and our pastor was prophetic at the time, and he looked at my wife, and he said, Sister, I see you going to a shelf, and I see you taking something off and putting it back on. He said, put it on the shelf. Close the door. Go about the work of the ministry. God's seasons were not man's seasons. God's timing was not man's timing. But you will know that you will know that surely I, the Lord, have undertaken. So my wife and I kind of said, okay, we settled that. We said, okay, we're not going to struggle about kids. We're not going to worry about it, and we're going to trust God. A month later, found out that I was born sterile. Another kumbaya moment. So what do you do? I can remember my wife, you know, left work that day, and uh, she went home, and she was being consoled by her friends. And uh, I got in my car. Does anybody remember cassette tapes? A few, yeah. Young people like. Uh, and I had the cassette tape on, prof- a prophecy on cassette tape. And I remember, you know, per- turning off into a parking lot. And I put the tape in. And I just began to cry. And listening to the word. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't understand this. But by faith, I will frame our world according to your word. And we believe that we will have a child. And his name will be Joshua Joel. And so, you know, we began this process. Year one goes by, uh, no signs of a child. Year two goes by, no signs of a child. Our friends started getting married and started having babies. And we became godparents to 13 children. That's no joke. In their wills. I was like, if you all die, we got to build a bigger house. Like, hopefully you have some money, you know, to, you know, 13 kids. And, you know, we had two failed adoptions. Literally held the babies in our hands. We had one baby... It was a little girl, so we'd have to call her Joshette because we didn't have any other names. And uh, they wouldn't let her out of the county in Ontario. It's crazy. Year three goes by. We, we had one name, Joshua Joel. And so year three, we, we found ourselves in a home. And in that home was a boy's room. It was all decorated with little cars and trains, blue. So we put a name on the door, Joshua Joel. And so we began to put faith in our spirit, and I'd go into that room, and I'd say, Joshua Joel, you're going to be a musician. You're going to preach. You're going to prophesy. You're going to be good looking like your dad. (laughs) Year three goes by. I mean, we'd done pregnancy tests, thinking my wife was pregnant, you know, nothing happened. So it was this constant roller coaster of perseverance and trusting God and believing God and declaring his promises, keeping what was in our heart, faith, believing his word, saying, God, it'll manifest. Someday it will manifest. People were saying, don't get your hopes up. No, no, no. Hope is in our heart because we serve a God. And may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Year four goes by, nothing. Year five goes by, nothing. 
we tried, you know, we, we, we got counsel, you know, why don't you do IVF and all this kind of stuff. And I remember one time sitting with my wife saying, honey, I'll do whatever you want. I know I'm hurting you every day that I can't get you pregnant. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I said this, but if we do that, it's good. I'm, I'm okay, but something will say I didn't trust God. So we settled it right then. We said, okay, we're going to believe. You know, the Ephesians 6, 6.16 says, taking up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And so we just kept believing. And Now, we had in this house, like we were house rich and cash poor, right? So, you know, we had this house, and the only thing we had in the house was a baby grand piano in our living room. And my wife had these cloth diapers. Now, if she's not here, she can't defend herself. They're like 50 cents. She says they're $1.50. I'm saying they were 50 cents. Like it's 1980, 1993 or something like that. Anyways, she would use these cloth diapers to dust the piano. And she told me, never use these cloths. Well, I was a painter. So on this particular day in February, I happened to use one. 50 cents now, though, by the way. And let's say we had a manifestation, and it wasn't a faith manifestation that day. <laughs> My wife absolutely came unglued. She's never done it before, and I think she did last week. Oh, she hasn't done it since. <laughs> like, she, she just lost it on me. She went crazy on me. She was throwing things. I mean, paintbrushes were coming at me. I think her head spun around. I mean, it was nasty. Now, I, I said... I perceive something is wrong. <laughs> I said, honey, this is not you. And she said, you know what, Gary? She said, I don't want to deal with this now. We're going to deal with this. And I said, honey, I'll, I'll go buy 50 right now. I'll, I'll spend all my spending money and I'll get you 50 more cloth diapers. I said, something's not right. You need to go up and pray. I'm not praying. I said, yes, you are. Go upstairs. So she ran upstairs slamming doors, you know, and I prayed downstairs. Now, I prayed for a minute because I knew I was not the problem this time. <laughs> there are many nights of prayer and fasting because I was the problem, but I'm not the problem this time. An hour later, she came downstairs. She goes, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at the prophets. And I'm mad at God. I was like, let me get out of the room before God strikes you. <laughs> I said, honey, what are you going to do? Like, come on. I said, we got to pray. I said, come on. And so we began to pray. We began to say, God, we believe in your word. We trust in you. Lord, we know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Lord, we trust in you. You're our shield. You're our buckler. Joshua, Joel, you will come forth. You will play instruments. You will be a worshiper. You will preach. You will prophesy. And you will be good looking like your dad. And we just kept praying. About a month later, my wife got really, really sick. I mean, she didn't really get sick all the time, and she was bedridden for a week, the flu, and uh, she came to me after that week, and she said, hey, honey, I, I don't know if I have had my cycle. I said, well, let's get another pregnancy test. We spent about 1000 already on pregnancy tests, so what's another, you know, 20 bucks or 25 bucks at the time? And, and so we went out and got a test that night, Saturday night, and it turned positive. What is this? And so we're, you know, we're looking at this test. And, you know, I call my sister who's older than me. I like to let her know that. And, and, 
she said to me, she said, Gary, she said, like, you know, come on, don't get your hopes up. I've never heard a, a, a positive being, you know, uh, negative or a negative. You know, so I said, look, Joshua's coming forth. Joshua is coming forth. She goes, well, don't get your hopes up. She was a Christian. And I, I said, no, it's okay. So we went to some friend's house that night. And um, they had a pregnancy test. I don't know who keeps pregnancy tests, but they happen to have one. And that's not something I'm keeping on stock. But anyways, we, we get this test, and she says, they say, do it in the morning, okay? So we get up in the morning. My wife does the test, and it's negative. I go out at 7 in the morning looking for pregnancy tests. I find one. We bring it home. She does it. It's negative. And then... My wife starts spotting. So what do you do? Well, it was a Sunday morning. We did what we did every Sunday. We went to church. I remember st- sitting in the front row because I was a pastor and I had to be brave. <laughs> and I I'm, I'm just got my hands up and I said, Lord, if it's not now, it will be. I trust you. I believe in your promises. Lord Joshua Joel will come forth. He will preach He will prophesy, he will sing, he will be a worship leader, he will play instruments, and he better be good looking like me. And uh, a friend got up that morning, and he sang this song, in Christ alone, I place my trust, and find my glory in the power of the cross. And I just sat there and said, Lord, I trust you. Well, we drove home that afternoon, we got another pregnancy test. When we got home that afternoon, the second test that we had done in the morning had turned positive. The one we got had turned positive. We got two more. Why not? Let's spend a thousand bucks. And we did. Those two turned positive. So now we had five positive pregnancy tests. So we had just moved into this area. We went to our new doctor. My wife kind of, you know, I was at work. My wife put all the tests on the table, five pregnancy tests. And he goes, whoa, I thought you guys couldn't get pregnant. She goes, I know. And she says... What's it going to be? And so he said, well, I thought you guys, I, I'm pretty sure you guys couldn't get, get pregnant. So he said, doctor, you're about to see a miracle, and his name's going to be Joshua Joel. And so she, he, he did some tests, but um, he wasn't sure. He actually really wasn't sure that she was pregnant. So they did blood tests, and it turned out that she was pregnant. Amen. So, so the next week, she takes my file in. And she hands it to the doctor. He'd never seen my file. And so he opens the file, reads it, looks at it, goes, mm-hmm. closes the file, leans back in his chair, says, um, I have to ask you this question. Is this your husband's baby? <laughs> so my wife kind of looks at him and says, uh, yeah. <laughs> she said, doctor, you know, just so you're clear, she said, first of all, we're, we're born-again believers. Second of all, He's the only man I've ever been with. And third, you're about to see a miracle, and his name is going to be Joshua Joel. And he goes, well, I, I'm not even sure you're pregnant. I think you, and he named this medical term where my wife would have thrown her body into a pregnant state. He wouldn't even believe she was pregnant until he saw an eight-week ultrasound. Eight weeks later, we didn't do baby reveals back then, but eight weeks later, we had an ultrasound, and there's a baby there. And on December 1st, 1993, we gave birth to an 8-pound, 3-ounce baby boy named Joshua Joel. Now, 26 26 years later, Joshua 
is way better looking than me. He's 6'3", blonde hair, blue eyes. I guess he's good looking like me then, you know. So uh, he plays piano, drums, guitar, electric guitar, acoustic guitar. He leads worship almost every weekend at our church. He preaches. He comes with me and prophesies. Every promise, every declaration has come to pass, and he just gave me a grandson. Listen, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What is framing your world? Let me just take you to one more scripture, and then we'll close, okay? Listen to what this says. It says in, in chapter, th- uh, chapter 11, verse 13, it says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads on the earth. Now, let me just say this. There is something that has to happen in your spirit where you will believe even when it doesn't seem it's going to happen. You got to believe. On my phone, you can come up after, I'll show you. On my phone right now, I have probably 40 or 50 pictures of couples who had babies in the last three years. Some who've struggled for 15 years to have babies, God's given them babies. See, miracles, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. God is a God of promise. Church, I don't know where you're at today, but I do believe this, that God wants to put a spirit of faith in you. Beyond just the measure you have, he wants to stir your faith up to believe God for bigger things. Would you close your eyes just for a moment? Then we're just going to get real busy here. Listen to what this scripture says. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's John 1.12. It says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. My job is to receive and believe. His job is to help me become. His job is to manifest it. His job is to release it into my spirit. His job is to release it into the natural. My job is to believe and to receive. Come on, say believe. Believe. Say receive. receive. God wants you to do it. Father, I pray for every person here tonight. Lord, I don't know where they're at in this process called life and faith, but I'm asking you tonight that they would stir their faith, not a kind of a blab it and grab it kind of faith, but a biblical faith, a conviction faith, a faith that says you are able to move mountains, a faith that says what you say will come to pass, a faith that is rooted in the reality of a God of great faithfulness and promise that you are who you said you were. You are not a man that should lie. And so, Father, I pray tonight for every person in this room I pray that there would be faith into their heart to believe, faith in their spirit to believe you for bigger things. With every head bowed, I just want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that God would just um, 
increase your faith, that, that you would say, I, I just need a, a fresh touch of faith in my spirit. If that's you, just come on, put up your hand for a second. Just, just don't be afraid. No one's looking around. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but I, I do believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to increase faith in your life tonight. Maybe you're believing a promise right now, believing for a promise. You're believing God maybe has spoken something. Maybe you're believing for a business venture to take off. Maybe you're believing for a promotion. Maybe you're believing for, hey, listen, something very natural. Maybe a baby. Maybe you're believing God for a miracle. Maybe a son or a daughter to come back to Christ. Listen, God God wants to increase your faith. Come on, just put up your hand. I want, I want you to just believe God right now. Come on, just say this with me. Jesus, I look to you. You are the author and you are the finisher of my faith. Stir in me a spirit of faith to believe you for increase. To believe you for miracles. To believe you for a supernatural shift, a supernatural turnaround. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.